podcast listeners and welcome to the May 1st, 2018 Hong Kong Stories podcast. I'm Rachel Smith. The heat is rising in Hong Kong and we're bracing ourselves for the long, hot, humid summer ahead. Still, you don't need to shovel sunshine, so it isn't too terrible. Today's story comes from Austin and it's all about being somewhere you maybe don't belong. Unlike being part of our listening family, everyone belongs here. Special hellos go out to the listeners in Menlo Park in the USA, Pilla de la Horadada in Spain, and in Northmead in Australia, as well as to our loyal hometown listeners in Hong Kong. Thank you all for listening. This month of May is eagerly anticipated in our group, and this year even more so. Hong Kong Stories has three special shows in May, two top-notch shows where we bring back our favorite stories from the past 12 months, that's 16 fantastic stories over two nights on May 25th and 26th. We also have a third show on May 24th, which is put together by our artistic director, Janita Smith, no relation, this year around the theme of Age of Reckoning. It promises to be a very fun show with age-related stories and snippets coming to light on our stage. You can find tickets and further information for all three shows on hongkongstories.com. Hong Kong Stories is proud to be sponsoring and taking part in the very first Hong Kong Spoken Word Festival, a gathering of groups who like to say stuff out loud. We have the Writer's Circle reading selections from their published works, Hong Kong Comedy with an Open Mic Night, Liars League with a show called Patrons and Parasites, Poetry, Podcasting, Improv, and more. Find all the details on hongkongspokenwordfestival.com. You can also find the link to the Spoken Word Festival, information on our upcoming shows, past podcasts, or how to get in touch on our website, hongkongstories.com. If you find all of our storytelling wonderfully inspiring and you feel like giving storytelling a try yourself, come to a free workshop where we help you, for free, to find your best story. No need to come with a fully formed story, just a fragment or an idea will do. Our hosts will help you craft your story to be the best it can be. If you cannot make it to a workshop, you can send us a written version. The stories can be anything at all as long as they're true, and they're short, and you are the main character. We promise to read all the stories that you send us, and our favorites may be read in future podcasts. Find information on this and how to find the next workshop on hongkongstories.com. Hong Kong Stories. It's better than drama. It's better than comedy. It's real life. Now, podcast listeners, today's story. A point of view from a child of immigrants to the USA. This story was originally told before a live audience at the Fringe Club in our February 2018 live show with the theme of Escape. Here is Austin with his memories of growing up in America. I've been thinking about Chinese culture for a long time. All my life. Uh, my parents were originally from China and moved to Taiwan and moved to the United States. And when I was little, they would tell me, hey, you've got to appreciate and value and learn Chinese culture. You can say, I'm American, which I did, but nobody else is going to think you're American. They see you're Chinese. You better learn it. And uh, it could be a matter of life and death in the suburbs. I took a bus to school. And in the front of the bus, that's where the weaker students would sit. And then the, the badasses would sit in the back of the bus. And then we were kind of the prey 
in the front. And at various moments, be sitting there just minding my own business and here, Tang! Tang! Me? Be a guy back there going, Hey, I'm Chinese. So what do you what do you do? I just went like, Oh, I'm American. <laughs> and then he said, I'm gonna kill you, man. You're dead. You're dead. I thought, like, why am I why am I dead? What I what I do? So I'd bring this back to my mom and I said, This is like a real situation. These guys are no joke. They play sports and stuff and they thrive in the back of the bus. Uh, what am I going to do? And my mom said, no, why, why are they picking on you because you're Chinese? You, you just tell them, I'm proud of my culture. You, you tell them the Chinese people invented the compass and, the, and, and gunpowder and kites. You tell them that. I said, Mom, you're, you're going to get me killed, Mom. They want to beat me up more if I say that. She said, I don't understand. Why do they want to beat you up more if, you, if the Chinese invented kites? Are, are they jealous? Or I was like, no, mom. You know, her view of culture was from the, a very aerial perspective, abstract. And from that level, it's very inspired and grand. But I was on the ground. And I needed backup. I needed support. I needed somebody who understood my situation. And... I remember one, one time uh, in these suburbs where we were one of the only Chinese families out there, I, I had made an American friend, a real American friend that lived down the street, and sometimes he would come over. And once when he dropped by, my father was playing a cassette tape of some Chinese opera. And that didn't happen often, but I had heard it before, but my friend had never heard it before, and he just had an immediate reaction. He said, oh my God, what is that? It sounds like pots and pans and people screaming. You know, and for our household, that was a very novel and uh, an unexpected description. I just started cracking up. I was laughing, and I started mimicking it too. You know, and we were laughing. We were really enjoying ourselves. And I heard my father's slippers shuffling, and I thought that that's faster than normal. It's usually, and he came out here and he said, "What's so funny?" That well, it sounds like. Pots and pans and people, people laugh, people screaming. And, and, and he said, that is your culture. That's Chinese opera. You should appreciate it. How do I appreciate pots and pans and people screaming? He said, respect your culture. And he shuffled his way back into his office. And it was just confusion and misunderstanding. And you can't, you know, you tell a kid, appreciate your culture immediately. What, what does... What are you supposed to do with that? He wasn't given any, not given any tools. You need to be ushered through the doorway of culture and inspired with patience and, and have someone learn. But uh, this was just like being pushed through the door and, and, and left on your own. So I thought, I'm not going to do it that way. I won't do it that way. So uh, much later, after I had become a father, we moved here to Hong Kong, and this uh, kind of cultural transfer was going to be something front and center now. And uh, I remember once sitting in Saingpun at a park, and I was watching, just people watching, all kinds of stuff happens over there, and then there was this one father and son, they were running around the football pitch, the white rectangle of the football pitch, and they were laughing, and the boy was laughing, the father was laughing, 
And it was just such a beautiful moment, this kind of bonding moment. But then the kid was trying to beat the father, which was normal, you know. And, but he's just a kid. He can't outrun a grown man. So he starts cutting the corners and running faster, and his arms are flailing all over the place. And then the father's just suddenly, the attitude changes. He says, Fenley, Fenley, Fidey Fenley, come back here. Come back here. Come back here. You didn't take the corner. You didn't follow the line. You have to follow the line. I thought, why? Why does a six-year-old have to follow that? Why does he have to hit the corners? This is not an Olympic event. Is this going to help him later in life if he hits these corners? And I thought, this is, part of, this is actually part of Chinese tradition also, this kind of shadow side a little bit, where rigidity and formality and, and following all the rules and order takes, takes over and pushes fun and direct enjoyment out of, out of the room. And I thought... I'm not that, I've never been particularly interested in this part of the culture. I'm going to leave that one by the curb, just say goodbye, and, and move along. I don't mind leaving that alone. And during that time, one of the big projects for our household was my son had to get caught up with Chinese. He was eight, seven or eight at that time. And uh, he was working on his characters. And if you've seen kids working on their characters, or if you've learned yourself, that they have these gridded pieces of paper on semi-translucent paper. And even the squares have a vertical and a horizontal dashed line. So you have squares within the squares. And little kids will build their characters like constructions in there, proportioned, balanced inside each of the squares. And he was working on the character for Ko, which is a character for mouth, which you find in... Uh, characters that have to do with eating and speaking. And it's like all Chinese characters, it has a specific order, a specific construction. One vertical, and then a linked horizontal and vertical, with a little hook at the end, and the box closes. One, two, three. And that's how you do it. So at this point, I had been kind of keeping track, checking on his work, because his workbooks were coming back with a sea of Red circles and X's, as the teacher pointed out, every missing dot, every line that was slightly off uh, vertical. And I reminded him, like, well, why don't you work your way through this? He had to do 10. And uh, remember, one, two, three, and take it away. And I thought it was going to be a few minutes for him to get through 10 of them. But within a few seconds, he said, I'm done. And I looked over, and instead of a sequence, a very balanced rectangles in the middle of other rectangles. They saw like these potato forms that would just appear <laughs> in surprisingly new locations in each of the boxes as you moved along. And then kind of the worst part was they were just done with one, one, one stroke. So I said, what happened? What happened to the, what happened to the one, two, three? What happened to one, two, three? I said, looks the same. I said, doesn't, doesn't look. And it's way faster. I said, no, yeah, but it's not, it's not the same. It's not the same. He said, it looks the same. No, it does. yes, it does. No, it does. Hey, look, listen, listen, it's not the same. Each one of those strokes has its own character. It has its beginning. And he said, why? Because, well, you know, uh, actually, because these things come from a brush stroke. A brush stroke has a beginning. And Because we're not even using brushes. I said, true, true. Okay. Hey, you know what? Why don't we use why don't we use a brush? Why don't we use a brush and ink? And I had a brush and ink, ink stone. This was the teachable moment. This was his self-directed inquiry. This was, 
This was a time that we could seize upon this, and this would real learning was going to happen. And so we brought out all the stuff, and he started working on it, but it became very clear that there wasn't going to be much teaching going on, but there was a lot of ink. It was all over his hands, <laughs> on his face, on his sleeves. I said, all right, all right, okay, you know what? what? Why don't you just write one more line of coal, and then let's just call it a night. It's, getting, it's actually getting kind of late, all right? And so he went through it again. I thought now he should have the proper foundation. He's been exposed to all these different resources. Now we're going to see the products of all this effort. But uh, again, a few seconds, I'm done. I looked down at it again. And there was one, two, three, four. There was one, two, and there was one again. Where's the one, two, three? Where's the one, two, three? Why, 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 don't, you, why don't you have that? And he said, I just like to do it my way. And something about, up to this point, that kind of shadow side of the culture had been on the outskirts and not really involved in the center of action. But something in the way that he said that, I just want to do it, kind of invited that shadow part of the culture <laughs> to the table. And he had a few words, and it kind of went like this. He said, you know, you, you like to do it your way. You know how long Chinese... Writing the history is, it's a, some say it's 5,000, some say 4,000, but we're dealing in thousands. You know, how many, you know how many people have been learning Chinese characters? And do you know how many of them did it their own way? None. None of them did it their own way. You want to do it your way. You want to do it your way. You don't get to do it your way. You do not get to do it your way because no one else got to do it their own way. You understand? Now just join the team. Do you want to join this team or not? The team of Chinese civilization. You want to join it? You don't want to join Wrong answer. Wrong answer. We came all the way over here to be part of this team, and you are going to be part of this team. Do you understand? I tried to make it fun for you. I tried to make it interesting for you, but you didn't want it. You were not interested. You thought it was boring. So now we're not going to do it that way anymore. You know what way we're going to do it? We're going to do it the traditional way. You want the traditional way? That way is when you stop acting like a little spoiled, lazy kid and do what you're supposed to do. One, two, three. Do you understand or not? So after he stopped crying, um, (laughs) there was a moment there to have a discussion, and I apologized, and, um, and <laughs> I apologized, and uh, I had done exactly the thing that I vowed not to do, and uh, so that was a slip-up, but uh, in these kind of occasions, sometimes when you have the hold of tradition, uh, it's just very hard to escape. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this story brought to you by Hong Kong Stories. We would also like to thank our unsung hero of this story, Sheridan, who curated and directed our February 2018 show. We appreciate all your work. The music for this podcast was created and performed by Andrew Robert Smith. If you want to know more about learning to tell great stories, our upcoming shows, or the Spoken Word Festival in May, you can visit us on hongkongstories.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, do tell your friends. 
We publish new stories every Wednesday. May your week be filled with blooming flowers, the quiet sound of water, and good conversations with old friends.